Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. If you're new to the podcast or you come back regularly and listen, please click like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Also, word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Clicking like is free. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. Every Aikidoka has different goals for their Aikido practice. I'm sure that all of us have more than one of them. One of the goals that I'm most passionate about is excelling at Randori. To me, Randori is the concept of putting my Aikido to the ultimate test against several determined attackers, and it appeals to me a great deal and always has. It is as close as Aikido gets to proving it works short of seeking out a real fight. At least, that's how I look at it. Since starting in Aikido back in 2004, what I discovered from seeing many dojos and organizations show their Randori is that Randori has vastly different meanings to people. To some, it was nothing more than Jiawaza, which is several ukes who each wait their turn to attack Nage. This is fine in and of itself, but I feel is incomplete. This type of training exercise is an intermediate one, to get used to repeated pressure and shifting focus quickly. It is valuable, but not the top end of what I wanted my Aikido to be able to do. My background from full contact sport fighting included facing multiple opponents who could all attack together. Over a few decades of this, I learned the principles of facing multiple opponents and superior numbers. I tested my skills and found that the more you train them and test them, the better they get. My Aikido needed the same kind of training. I also learned that it is best to learn these skills through graduated training. It's not helpful jumping into the deep end of the pool and hoping to figure it out. That is learning the long, hard way. One of the things that I liked about the Aikido Dojo and organization I took up training with was that they actually included randori training as part of the curriculum. I came to find out later that many Aikido dojos do not train randori at all. Evidently, the concept of randori training was conceived of by Kenji Tamiki as a method to train for higher levels of intensity and reality, but to do so in relative safety. Tamiki was a teacher by profession, and it appears that his approach was logical and reasoned from a skills transfer perspective. This concept fits nicely to my own experience as well. As my instructor got me into teaching classes, I started to integrate the methods that I had found success with in full contact competition against multiple people to use with my own Aikido. As I did this, I started asking instructors and senior practitioners from other dojos and organizations about their methods for succeeding at Randori and teaching it. I found few, if any, that had any tangible answers. They usually just looked confused. It was clear that they didn't have what I was looking for. Many Aikidoka admitted that they had no idea how to survive against multiple attackers, or that they have never trained it at all. Then it dawned on me that not all Aikido dojos teach or train randori. In fact, very few do. The ones I've seen which claim to don't seem to spend much time on it at all. Then I watched the film Path Beyond Thought about Steven Seagal. That film shows students taking their black belt tests having to survive a minute or so of high-intensity, earnest attacks. This appeared to be the final step of what I had in mind Randori should be. My experience with full contact competition taught me that no one, no matter how skilled, was invincible. But you could, through dedication and good training, become extremely hard to defeat. That's what I believe the ultimate goal of all martial arts and self-defense is. You cannot expect to be so skilled as to be undefeatable. You want to train your strategy, movement, and technique to have the best chance that you can to survive violence. As I train my students, I realize lessons must be clear and straightforward enough to be useful under stress and at full speed. This meant creating a path for new people to follow 
which would build their skills and confidence without terrifying them. The idea of Randori is terrifying. That is, the idea that multiple people are going to chase you down and attack you is a scary thought. Even one person doing this is quite scary. Many Aikidoka I've spoken with have no confidence in facing something like this, even in a safe training environment. The prospect of even one person doing that makes many of them uncomfortable. Whenever I hear an Aikidoka express their fear of this, it makes me wonder about their training. It's understandable to be nervous about such things, but to avoid it because of fear meant that they would never build the skills needed to handle it. I wanted my Aikido to be strong enough to give me the best chance of survival possible. Fortunately, the guidance I received from my instructors about Randori got me headed in the right direction. It was built on one fundamental principle. Your job, first and foremost, is to survive. Expecting to perform a technique on every attack is a losing strategy. There is great wisdom in that. What I noticed was that many dojos avoided addressing Randori training with beginning or intermediate students. It was felt that Randori was extremely challenging and complex, so only advanced students could start learning it effectively. This creates intimidation and fear in the minds of the students, which is setting them up for failure. In their first years of training, students would do endless paired katas. They would always know what attack was coming and what technique they would perform. That's an easy formula. That formula builds a habit, one that becomes comfortable. That habit being that every time uke attacks, you perform a given technique. There are other habits built with this type of training too, such as because you train against only one person, you have plenty of time. You can control the range. You can control what direction uke is coming at you from. You don't need to worry about how much time your technique takes to perform. Each of these are things which create either bad habits or impair your ability to survive randori. What I saw were brown belts and black belts who tried to take their one technique per attack formula and apply it to multiple attackers and fail miserably. It started with the problem of not being able to identify the incoming attack quickly enough so they had time to choose the correct technique to respond with. They felt humiliated, which was made worse by the fact that they spent years training to do technique well, which they could. They had built solid confidence, which was shattered in a matter of seconds. This seemed very strange given that one of Aikido's major claims is that it is one of the few martial arts which trains to deal with multiple attackers. Of the many Udancha tests I've seen, a vast majority of them failed to show even mediocre skills in Randori. Some were an absolute mess. There are some shortcuts to mitigate this problem. First, limit the attacks that ukes can use and make sure that they are telegraphed very early to give Nage a moment to recognize them. This is why Shomanuchi and Yokomanuchi are the primary attacks of most Randori, despite the fact that they are not realistic attacks. They are stylized to help Nage. Also, Ukes are trained to grab an outstretched hand, which is another way the rules are put in place to make Nage's job easier. Kicks, tackles, and takedowns are removed, again, to make Nage's job easier. With each of these modifications, Randori becomes less and less challenging, and instead becomes a fast choreographed dance. It's easier on the egos of the people practicing it, but fails to build the strategies and experience to face attackers who are not abiding by those constraints. The constraints and rules I'm describing have their place in the training spectrum, but need to be looked at kind of like training wheels on a bicycle. They're useful for new people to learn, but the goal is to be able to succeed without them. Brown belts and black belts shouldn't need them. The first change I felt needed to be addressed is to avoid building up the fear in the first place. Instructors set up their students to fail by allowing their apprehension and fear to build. 
Our duty as instructors is to teach our students to confidently face their fears, not to become overwhelmed by them. I noticed instructors inadvertently building this fear in their students, and I think that is a huge mistake. I don't blame them. If you're not knowledgeable or skilled in something, how can you teach it? If you do not understand how to survive Randori, how can you transfer the skills needed to succeed at it? You cannot give away what you don't have in the first place. What I saw were instructors and seniors who passed along their own fears to their students. Some people will even state that it is impossible to face multiple people and survive. This is a foolish statement, as there are many accounts of people surviving such attacks. Granted, the odds are against you, but the fact is that there are things that you can do to change those odds to be more in your favor. If you can admit that, then the next step is to admit that there are methods to employ to do just that. I found success with never letting the fear build in my students in the first place. Never tell them the lie that Randori is so complicated that they cannot start learning from day one. This doesn't mean starting a fight club where you throw them to the wolves. I approach it with showing them the footwork and movement needed to outmaneuver attackers. They learn how to navigate around so that they have to deal with only one person at a time. This can be done simple and slowly at first and build speed as students get used to it. It doesn't take long. The principles are straightforward and easy to understand, especially when they are laid out clearly. We live and die by our footwork and movement. I've taken many students with no martial arts or athletic background and within just a few classes built the fundamentals of good movement. This is fun and there's no risk of injury. From there, we start building up further. I build confidence from the beginning, not fear or apprehension. In my old dojo, we had one class per week which was devoted to Randori and it was printed on the schedule as such. That class was usually poorly attended. At first, I thought it was probably because it was on a night that people usually had other things to do. In this case, it was a Tuesday. Tuesday nights are not popular like Friday nights, so this didn't make sense to me, but I wasn't going to assume. After a few years, I managed to find out from a number of newer students that the reason they didn't come was that they never thought they were ready for Randori training and it sounded a little scary. They were shy and a little ashamed, which is why it took me so long to find this out. When I opened my dojo, I didn't put Randori on the schedule. I didn't give my students a reason to stay home. We would work on Randori training on a regular basis, and I chose drills and exercises to build the fundamentals we needed next. This worked so well that I added a Randori component to my yellow belt test. All new students had a good level of comfort dealing with an unpredictable and determined attacker, which meant that my teaching method was sound. Granted, the Randori on the first test only includes a single uke, but I think that that is quite reasonable considering I usually administer the test around six to eight months after the student signs up. If you are wondering, the dojo I came up in had multiple uke randoris starting with the second test, the goku or the blue belt. It went from two attackers to three to four or more as the grades got higher. I kept this process when I overhauled my test criteria. I give my instructor a great deal of credit for his approach to teaching randori despite his self-admitted lack of experience with it. He had some, but was honest with himself and us that he was not an expert in it. I wanted to be an expert in it. So, with his permission, I got started developing a system and method for teaching it. I took many lessons from my full contact experience, which included coaching and training both individuals and teams to succeed in such situations. Obviously, some slight modifications had to be made to fit Aikido, but they fit very well. I started this journey more than 10 years ago and it continues to evolve. 
I'm always finding new ways to innovate and hone the process. I'm at a point where I'm looking for others who would like a hand in getting the Randori program going in their own dojo. As an independent, an Aikido atheist as it were, I am not beholden to a shihan or organization to keep my knowledge secret or only share it with my students. I am happy to share what I know with anyone who wants to learn. I'm certain I'm not the only Aikidoka who wants to excel at Randori. When someone brings up Randori, I smile. I look forward to it, and so do my students. Aikidoka should be good at Randori, not shy away from it or be frightened of it. Several years ago, I spent some time with a fellow instructor from our sister dojo on Randori training. He told me that he learned more from me in two hours than he did in 15 years of Aikido training. And this was coming from a Yondan and someone who trained Aikido longer than I did. If you are interested in getting your group training Randori and using a reasonable and fun method for training it, I invite you to contact me privately. There are many ways to do so, such as through Facebook. You can also visit my website, spiritaikido.com, and send me a message through the contact page there. Lastly, you may be wondering why I haven't just put together a video training course and offered it up for sale. That's in the works, but I have concerns about the effectiveness of that type of teaching. I have found that real mentorship is interactive. Merely making a video and sending it out is problematic. Someone watches a video, tries to emulate what is shown, misses some important things, then experiences failure, and you get blamed for your material. I don't want to make money so badly that I will accept having people I'm working with fail. I want them to succeed. We must admit that merely watching videos is not sufficient to ensure a solid transfer of skills. That's why I'm looking for groups to work directly with to get them started. Such a group would be free to customize this program to suit their needs and experience. My desire is to offer them a head start or material that they may not have, that they would find valuable. May your Aikido continue to grow. If you're interested in my help with having your Randori skills and program grow, please let me know. I'm happy to find a way to help you. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido Online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.